Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hey there, welcome to the program. My name is Gary Zimak. It is time for us to go into the desert as we look at the Mass readings for the first Sunday of Lent. Oh boy, I'm really excited. These are good readings. We are about to enter into a, a great season. You know, Lent, uh, some, sometimes Lent, Lent, um, Lent gets looked at in an unfavorable light by many people. I, look, I know I did it for many years because of the sacrifice involved, the penance. You know, this is, it, it's not traditionally an uplifting time of year, but I have to tell you, this is the time of year that the church gives us for that, that provides unlimited growth spiritually. We are able during Lent to receive so many graces and to get so close to Jesus that it is just a, a phenomenal phenomenal opportunity. So today, as we kick things off, we're going to look at the Mass readings for the first Sunday of Lent. And as I said at the beginning, we're going into the desert. And instead of thinking as the desert of the desert as an unpleasant place, as a place you just wouldn't want to go, Let's look at the desert, and I'll tell you what this means after we do our prayer. Let's look at the desert, the spiritual desert, as a place of solitude, as a place of spiritual growth, as a place where we can get closer to Jesus than anywhere else. We'll talk about that on the show today, so settle in. I plan to be here for the entire 30 minutes, and I really hope you will too. Make it, Have a seat, make yourself at home. Let's do what we do every week on the program. Let's turn to our Heavenly Father and begin in prayer. We're going to ask for the grace to be able to really hear Him speak to us through the Scriptures and to be able to do something, to respond in some way. All right, you ready to go? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity. Yes, the it's the first Sunday of Lent. We are now in the Lenten season. This is a great a chance for us to grow closer to you, closer to your son, and to be able to make some changes in our lives. Also, it's just, just the opportunity to be in your presence is a great gift. So we're grateful that you are making yourself available for us right now. It's so nice to be able to spend time with you. Father, we ask you to provide for our needs, the needs of our family, our friends, we lift up anybody who has asked for our prayers. We lift up anybody who might be sick today. 
anyone who is hopeless, anyone who is searching, anyone who is grief-stricken, anyone who is lonely, anyone who is angry. We pray for the country, the world. We pray for our church. We pray that all of us can have a fruitful Lent and that we can emerge on Easter Sunday closer to you, Father, than we ever were before. We're going to truly try to follow your Son throughout Lent. Father, I ask you to pour out your Spirit upon me as I attempt to break open these Mass readings. Please open all of our hearts and all of our minds to hear your message and to to put it into practice in a very real way. Father, we ask these things in the most holy and sacred name of Jesus Christ, your Son and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, you know, as I always tell you, thank you for praying with me. Thank you for stopping by. Just a a couple of quick pieces of information. During Lent, it's a very busy time for me because I'm doing five Lenten parish missions, um, talking all over the country, mainly about my book, Give Up Worry for Lent. I want to put it out there. If you have not picked up a copy and you want to follow along with this book, it's a daily devotional, very simple book. It has uh, originally came out in 2019. It has sold many, many copies. In fact, it's my best-selling book. And I would love to have you on the journey with me. Now, here's the deal. What On this program, this weekly show that we do, we're going to continue to look at the Sunday Mass readings. I also do a Monday through Friday podcast, a five-minute podcast, which you may know about. We will look at the daily Mass readings on that, and just a short reflection on that. You know, because in the past, I, I shifted over to give up worry for Lent. I don't want to do that with the podcasts. However, my daily email reflection, let not your heart be troubled, I'm going to shift that over to a give up worry for Lent theme. And in fact, by the time you're listening to this, if you're a subscriber, I've already done that. And we will be looking at the daily readings in the daily uh, reflections in Give Up Worry for Lent. And I'll, I'll be expanding on them a little bit. So you get a little insider information as to um, for the, the readings in Give Up Worry for Lent. So I'm going to invite you to follow along with me there if you have not subscribed or if you want to find out about my daily podcast, maybe, you can go to followingthetruth.com, which is my website. And while you're there, if you want to pick up a copy of Give Up Worry for Lent, you will be able to do it there. Even though Lent has officially started, it's not too late. Through the reflections, you're going to be able to, the daily email reflections, you will be able to follow along with the book even before you get it. And also, just to point out, the book is available in Kindle format. So if you want to get it instantly, you can get that through Amazon. The best place to go is just to followingthetruth.com. You go to my book page and I have links to all of my books, including Give Up Worry for Lent. And those links will take you right into amazon.com. All right. Any questions, you can always email me at gary at followingthetruth.com. All right. Let's see. As we always do it, man, this gospel is short, only three verses today. As we always do on this program, we're going to start with the gospel, and then we'll back up and look at the first reading, the responsorial psalm, and the second reading, which are chosen specifically to support the gospel. And you know, um, there are times, 
I, I know I've said this in the past, typically what happens is the first, during ordinary time, the first reading is used to support the gospel. It's chosen to support the gospel each week. The responsorial psalm, same thing. It's specifically chosen from somewhere in the book of Psalms, and it, it's intended to tie in the first reading of the gospel and the, and, and the psalm. The second reading during ordinary time typically just proceeds sequentially through, through one of the New Testament books, one of St. Paul's books more often than not. But during Lent, the second reading, in addition to the first reading and the responsorial psalm, they're all going to be specifically chosen to match up with the gospel. So you are getting hand-picked readings, hand-picked by the church, to help you to move through Lent. And this is what I love about our church. The church guides us through the Lenten season by these selection, by this selection of readings. So we're not doing this on our, on our own. We're not just trying to figure out what we should read. The church, guided by the Holy Spirit, is helping us. So with that in mind, let's look at the gospel, Mark chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. The Spirit drove Jesus out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Very short, but it really sums up nicely what Lent is all about. The Spirit drove Jesus into the desert. Now, this is the really neat thing. The Holy Spirit dwelling in Jesus, the same Holy Spirit who dwells in you and me through the sacrament of baptism, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert and remained there for 40 days. That 40, it's a number typically used in the Bible signifying a test. So Jesus was there in the desert, tempted by Satan. You and I are sort of called to go into the figurative desert during Lent. What does that mean? It means a place of solitude, a place where there aren't the distractions that we are bombarded with each and every day, hour after hour. It's a place where we can better hear the Lord, when we can recognize that there might be some things in life, in our lives, that are keeping us away from drawing closer to the Lord. A lot of distractions. So Lent gives us that opportunity to maybe break free from some of these things, give up this thing or that thing, give up little TV, give up little computer time, spend a little time in prayer, through reading scripture, going to daily mass, so that you can better connect with the Lord. So we're going to be in that desert for literally 40 days. Now in this gospel, not quite literally 40 days, Lent doesn't work out to exactly 40 days, but that 40-day number that is typically used to signify the, the, the length of Lent. Um, and there's a lot of theories about that. Sundays don't count, but others say, yes, they do. Let's just use that 40 day as a, um, as a representative number, that 40 days during, of Lent as a represent, representative number of the season, this season of testing, this season of breaking away from the world, spending time in solitude. And the gospel goes on to say, after John had been arrested, John the Baptist, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. And this is what I love. In Give Up Worry for Lent, in the introduction, I use this verse. I use Mark's version of this verse. Um, oh, actually, this is Mark. Duh. 
<laughs> That's what I, I'm talking too fast. But this is a great, a great, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's sort of like a roadmap or a, a, a way to do Lent. What, what do we do during Lent? Well, Jesus said this, the time, this is the time of fulfillment. Lent is now. Lent begins now. The kingdom of God is at hand. See, Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God. And we can't see the kingdom because the kingdom technically is invisible. So we have to look for it. And that's why it's important to go into the desert, to, to, to get rid of all the electronic distractions that we're surrounded with so often. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And repent, that word you translated into English as repent, the original Greek from the gospel, the gospels were originally written in Greek, that Mark used was metanoia, which is an internal change, a conversion, a change of heart, to think differently. That's what the Lord's looking for. He's looking for an internal change, which will hopefully flow into external actions. But internally, that's what Lent is really all about. It's got to start internally. It's not just doing good things. It's not just giving up bad things. It is changing from the inside and then let that change filter through you in an outward manner and flow into some sort of good works. Repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the gospel. Take seriously the commands of Jesus. Listen to what he says. So many of us just ignore the words of our Lord the teachings of the church, but this is the time to take it seriously. We're into the desert now, and the Lord's basically saying to us in this year of 2024, pay attention, pay attention. Let me teach you as you try to unplug from the various distractions and pay closer attention to me. Now, let's look at the first reading, and this is from Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 15. God said to Noah and his sons with him, See, I am now establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that was with you, all the birds and the various tame and wild animals that were with you and came out of the ark. I will establish my covenant with you that never again shall all bodily creatures be destroyed by the waters of a flood. There shall not be another flood to devastate the earth. God added, This is the sign that I'm giving for all ages to come of the covenant between me and you and every living creature with you. I set my bow in the clouds to serve as a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bows and the bow appears in the clouds, I will recall the covenant I have made between me and you and all living beings so that the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all mortal beings. Uh, Essentially, what we are being called to in Lent is to do our share in living up to the covenant established between the Lord and us. And we recognize during Lent, there are many things that we do that we shouldn't be doing, or many things that we should be doing that we aren't doing. Lent gives us that chance, that opportunity to make some changes along with the Lord's help. He's going to send his spirit to come alive in us, to help us to make those changes. So we're going to hear things if we look at the daily mass readings throughout the Lenten season, or as we look at these Sunday mass readings, the Lord is going to be speaking to us. And something 
clear is going to really emerge in the responsorial psalm. So let's take a look at that now. It's Psalm 25. Your ways, O Lord, are love and truth to those who keep your covenant. So here's here's what that tells me, that you and I have a responsibility to keep the covenant, to live up to what the Lord expects of us, to become holy with his help. Because there are things, again, that we do that we shouldn't be doing. And Lent gives us the chance to make some changes. Now, let me read this and then I'll um, briefly say something that came to mind. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior. Remember I said that when we're in the desert now, we're going to be more willing or we're going to have a greater opportunity to to clearly hear the Lord speak through Scripture, through the teachings of the church. And in this Psalm, Psalm 25, the psalmist writes, Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. Let me know how I'm supposed to live, Lord. I'm willing now. I'm listening. This is Lent. I'm paying attention. I'm all ears, Lord. Teach me what you would like me to do, for you are God, my Savior. And ultimately, what happens? Obeying the Lord, following Him, doing what He wants us to do, we are going to experience salvation through that. Jesus redeemed us on the cross. Now it's us, up to us to take those graces he gave us through his death on the cross and apply them to our lives, cooperate with the grace so that we can, with his help, we're not doing it without him, be able to reach heaven one day, reach that place of salvation, heaven. That's what this is all about. And that's what we're trying to do during Lent. Your ways, O Lord, are love and truth to those who keep your covenant. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your love are from of old. In your kindness, remember me because of your goodness, O Lord. So we're asking the Lord to help us. He wants to help us. He doesn't expect us to try to be good, become holy on our own. That's impossible. Unfortunately, that's what some of us try to do. We think we're going to do it all on our own. No, he wants to help us. He's going to guide us. He's going to give us the grace that we need. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus, he shows sinners the way. See, he doesn't leave us stranded. He shows us the way. Through his son, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He is the one who is going to lead us to the Father and lead us to our heavenly home. He guides the humble to justice, and he teaches the humble his way. Humility, the humble. What does that mean? We have to acknowledge that we are sinners, that we have messed up, that we are weak, and that we need a Savior. Because until we do that, we're not going to be able to receive what Jesus wants to give us. If we're not willing to admit that we need Him, then His grace is going to really go unused because we need to cooperate with the grace. And that's what we're doing during Lent. We're recognizing that we need help. And we have strayed. We're like the sheep who have strayed. And during this Lenten season, the church really helps us through these special readings that we'll hear every, I mean, they're available every day, the daily mass readings, the Sunday mass readings, 
So every day of Lent, we are able to hear God speak to us through the Scriptures. And these readings are all, throughout the Lenten season, specifically chosen to help us, to guide us, to repent, to guide us to repent, change our ways, and turn back to the Lord. Let's look at the second reading now, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 22. Beloved, Christ suffered for sins once, the righteous for the sake of the unrighteous, that he might lead you to God. Remember what I said earlier, um, a couple minutes ago, we were talking about the psalm. If we follow Jesus, he came to lead us to God the Father and to show us God the Father and then to absolutely redeem us, to do that action of redeeming us on the cross. Put to death in the flesh, he was brought to life in the Spirit. In it, he also went to preach to the spirits in prison who had once been disobedient, while God patiently waited in the days of Noah during the building of the ark, in which a few persons, eight and all, were saved through water. Now, now keep in mind, before Jesus died on the cross to redeem us, there were many, many souls over the years who had died and who were unable to get into heaven because the gates had not yet been reopened by Jesus. So they were, they were waiting, and you know, you, you can try to imagine how it works. I, I don't know the specific, specifics of what that looks like, but until Jesus opened the gates of heaven, nobody was able to get in. So once he did that by his death on the cross and subsequent resurrection, heaven was open for business, people could get in. So there were people who were waiting. You and I, we're privileged because heaven's open right now. And when we die, it is possible for us to go instantly to heaven. Now, we might not. We might have to be purified in purgatory. We don't know. But it's available to us. It was not available to the many people we read about in the Old Testament until Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. All right, so now Paul or Peter writes about this uh, Noah's Ark prefigured baptism, which saves you now, because through our baptism, we are... Um, transformed into a new creation. We are, we are created anew. We become, through the, the gift of sanctifying grace, we become a new creation. We become literally sons of God, and then we are able to live one day in heaven. And that's, it's a really great thing, but all that happens through baptism. So, you know, um, sort of a side note, baptism is very underappreciated with so many people. Don't underappreciate your baptism. Be very grateful of it because not only does baptism give you the gift of the Holy Spirit, it also, baptism also uh, makes you a child of God. You are adopted by God during your baptism. You become his son or daughter. And it, it, your, your original sin is remitted. Or if you receive baptism as an adult or as an older person, um, not as an infant, somebody after the state of reason, your, any of your sins that you've committed are also remitted during baptism. It's just a really big deal. And through baptism, you also, baptism is the gateway sacrament to the other sacraments. So because you're baptized, you may receive the other sacraments. Really good stuff. Um, baptism. It is not a removal of dirt, Peter writes, from the body, but an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ 
who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. So Peter writes a little bit about the the importance of baptism and the fact that death is not going to be the end of life for us. As baptized Christians, death is, is a change. Life is changed, but it is not ended. We take up uh, we, we become residents of a different land. We become, we now, when we die, we have the ability to live in heaven. But, you know, we share some of this responsibility. We can't get to heaven through our good works. We get to heaven because of the grace merited for us by Jesus. However, we need to co- cooperate with that grace. We need to use it. We need to do something with it in order to be eligible to live in heaven. And Lent is that time for us. It's that time of looking at ourselves, assessing ourselves, paying more attention to what the Lord has to say so that we can then, with the help of his grace, make the changes necessary to get back on the right track. Because so often we do get on the wrong track. We head down the wrong path. We make mistakes. We turn away from God. We turn toward the things of the world. And the, the, the thing that we really want to be careful about is sin. Sin will get us in a lot of trouble. So during Lent, we want to do some work on that. And we want, to, we want to work on drawing closer to God during the Lenten season. So there you go. There are the Mass readings for the first Sunday of Lent. Now, just to put things into perspective, we have five Sundays in Lent. And then that's followed by Palm Sunday and then followed by Easter Sunday. So we're talking about a, really a seven-week period here. That, uh, and, and we began, technically we begin the Lenten journey on Ash Wednesday, but really the first Sunday of Lent occurs this week. So we got extra days here and there, but it's going to be a long journey. But let's continue to take it one day at a time. Let's make the most of it. And I, I would love for you to journey with me again. Don't forget the daily email reflection. Don't forget my Monday through Friday podcast. In addition to this 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 weekend show, I would love to have you journey with me. And you can do that by going to followingthetruth.com. All the information you need is there. You might want to pick up a copy of Worry, uh, Give Up Worry for Lent. You can do that by going to followingthetruth.com. As always, if you have questions, please email me at gary at followingthetruth.com. And as you are hearing this program, I've already begun my Lenten speaking. So please pray for me. It's going to be a pretty busy, a very busy schedule this year. I think it's my busiest ever in terms of actual travel. Um, So please keep me in your prayers. And I promise to pray for you as well. But if you need anything, Gary at followingthetruth.com is my email address. Please don't hesitate to reach out. And remember that you and I, we're in this together. We're walking down this road together. We're journeying through the Lenten season together. We are trying to become more Christ-like. And we are not, as I said earlier, we are not asked by Jesus to do this on our own. He wants to help us. He doesn't expect us to do any of this on our own. He wants to walk with us. He wants to help us. He wants us to succeed. Let the Holy Spirit decide what success means during Lent. So many times we set goals for ourselves and we get disappointed. I'm not doing this or I messed up or I I said I would do this and I'm not doing such a good job. What the Lord wants is your heart. That's the most important thing. 
He doesn't want your success. I mean, he'd like you to succeed. He'd like you to become holier. But how holy you become is really up to him. Let him set the pace. You do the work. Let him set the pace when it comes to the actual changes. He's looking for your heart. Yes, we are going to mess up. Yes, we are going to stumble. That's okay. That's why we have the sacrament of confession. And please, before I go, you only have a few seconds left, make it a point, if it's been a long time, to go to confession during Lent. That's going to be life-changing for you. So I strongly recommend that you do that. And if it hasn't been a long time, go anyway. It's always a good thing. All right. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. And I look forward to walking on this journey through Lent with you. Bye-bye now.